Welcome to Anticdotes, a podcast where we hear from ants who are making a difference in their nieces and nephews' lives and who are learning life lessons along the way. Hear new ideas about how you can connect with your nieces and nephews and become the favorite aunt. I'm your host, Heidi Fry. I am extra excited today because one of my best friends, Holly Costello, is my guest. We are always sharing our auntie stories with each other, so I'm happy to have her share her experiences with all of you today. She has a heart of gold and an awesome sense of humor, which makes her an amazing friend and aunt. Thank you so much, Holly, for being here today to talk more about auntie life. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. And to start out, can you share what is the best thing about being an aunt? I think the best thing about being an aunt is to see um, the world kind of through their eyes. They are so much fun and they offer such a different perspective that you don't get to see all the time because you're not really raising them. So it's a little bit of the perspective of your siblings and a little bit of their own personal perspective and you're not hearing all the day-to-day stuff. So it's kind of, it's always fun because it's like you get a little story and a little information about them and their personality. And you come from a family with a tradition of having amazing aunts and uncles. Can you share more about how they played a role in your life and any specific stories that stand out? I do. I come from a large family. My dad was one of seven and my mom was one of four. And all of my aunts and uncles were just such an active part of my life and growing up, which was pretty amazing. I think we did more with my mom's family growing up. Um, And then as I got older, my dad's family started having kids. So we started doing more stuff with them too. I think that it's just so nice to know that they were always there and they were always kind of super positive about anything that I was doing and cheering me on and wanting to be a part of my life. I think that they gave me a lot of the confidence that I have today. You know, um, my mom and my dad did that as well, but I think that all of my aunts specifically worked really, really hard to kind of, you know, boost me up and be like, oh, be a strong woman and be important and you can do everything. And my uncles were really, um, really keen on school and like pushing school and, you know, got bonuses when I got all A's and they were just always so proud of me. I think that that was just, it's such a great thing to grow up around. You know, I think they definitely passed down from their parents, both sides, you know, just being loving and being caring and, and being supportive of everything that you did, which is nice to have. And then with my father dying when I was young, I think a lot of them really kind of picked up the slack. My mom, you know, of course did as well, but, you know, I think that they were always there to kind of help out and, and to offer kind of different perspectives and to make sure that we knew that, you know, we were always loved. So I hope to do the same. That sounds amazing that they were really able to see all of your strengths and really be there for you when you needed it. Absolutely. And I think that they all have such um, different personalities, but yet kind of the same. So you get a little bit of something from everyone. And, you know, I had one aunt that I called every time I had a cooking question. And I have another aunt that 
reads the same kind of trashy romance novel books that I do. (laughs) I have other aunts that, you know, they were all teachers. And so they sent me cool books and um, encouraged education. And I think, you know, my uncles were the same. I just, you know, had more time, I think, with a lot of my aunts. That sounds amazing. It is. And how do you see yourself following in their footsteps? I think that I learned a good lesson in that always to be supportive and always to listen. I think that they were always really good at, you know, making me want to talk about my day and talk about the things that were going on. And I try to do the same. And with my niece and nephew, I do a lot of trying to ask them leading questions so that they'll tell me a little bit more and being more open about the things that I'm doing so that they kind of feel like they're a part of my life and I can feel like I'm a part of theirs. So I think that that's really good. I do try to, you know, um, I also am big with, like I said, I'm the book aunt. They're like, oh, Ann Holly sent us a book again. Um, But (laughs) I'm the book aunt. And I think that, you know, I do try to encourage education and, and thinking for themselves and really trying to try new things and being adventurous. That's awesome. And I like how you're talking about asking questions. I think sometimes I'm not the best at that. And I get sort of that, yes, no, (laughs) those sort of things. And it's trying to pry that out. Do you have any good examples of questions that you ask? No, I think I do get the yes, no questions too (laughs) as well. But I think I try to ask questions like, well, what part of, you know, instead of saying, you know, did you enjoy playing your game? I'm like, well, what part was your favorite or what player on the team is your favorite player? Tell me a little bit about your friend or um, with my niece, when we're talking about, she loves to, you know, she tell, she's a good storyteller. And so I'll, you know, I'll just kind of encourage her. Like I'll say, well, what do you think she did next? Or, well, tell me a little bit about what boy and girl were doing. And so by keeping it open and letting them tell me, you know, a little bit more of the details or listening for details and asking for follow-up of those details. I think I get a little bit more information than if I'm just like, oh, did you enjoy your hockey game? Or did you have fun? Or, you know, what are you playing with? You know, that those are kind of questions that they're just like Legos. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like maybe sharing all those books has really helped her become a storyteller. So that's really neat. Yes, she definitely does not follow along in the book. She makes her own story up in the book based on the picture she sees, but sometimes that's even more entertaining. For sure. And now that families are smaller, do you think that us aunts have a bigger responsibility since our nieces and nephews do not have as many aunts and uncles? I do. I mean, I think that, you know, my niece and nephew are very lucky that my sister-in-law also has two brothers who are married to super cool girls and they do a lot of stuff with their family. So I kind of feel like I'm the visitor aunt. And so I'm kind (laughs) of more of the travel aunt and encouraging them to think outside of St. Louis and to, you know, perspective of of, well, where would you want to go if you could go somewhere? What were, you know, maybe we should do something different than we normally do. I think that sometimes, you know, I try too hard at that, but sometimes also it gives them something new. That's like a new memory as opposed to going to the zoo. You know, we try to go to the zoo every time, but if you try to do something beyond going to the zoo, you know, that creates a better memory because it's unique. And what are some of your special memories with your niece and nephew? 
I think, well, with my nephew now, I try to, when I go home, hopefully there's like a Marvel movie or something that's going on. So we go to the movies a lot. Um, We play a lot of games. And I think that kind of like, um, he's been out to visit me. He was only two or three at the time. So he probably doesn't remember it, but I feel like we had a longer time to create that connection. He's almost 12. And with my niece, I definitely feel like it's much more immediate. She's definitely more lovey-dovey. And so one time I went home for Christmas and she didn't know I was going to get to come to her Christmas performance. When I got there, she was so excited and ran up and hugged me for like a good five minutes. And it was just such a good feeling that she was so excited to see me. She just couldn't let me go. So I think that that felt really, really good. And with Silas, I think he's just so excited that I'm there and he wants to do so much stuff. And I love that he's always willing to ask, you know, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. That's so sweet. It is. And you had mentioned, you know, they're in St. Louis. So what are some of the challenges of living so far away and what has worked to stay connected? Well, the definite challenge is I don't feel as connected. I would say that um, I need to try harder at doing that as far as, you know, making sure I'm trying to talk to them at least every other week. We try to connect. And when we do connect, we do a lot of FaceTime calls. During the pandemic, we did some game nights. So we, uh, my sister-in-law would put, you know, colors or things in the bowl and she would say, okay, now find something made out of glass. And we'd have to run around the house and, you know, compare notes kind of stuff. So that was really fun. Something active. We tried a couple of board games and played board games. So I would send them a new board game and then we would play it together on Zoom. And I think that I do love when I go home that I'm kind of, you know, I'm only there for a small period of time. So we try to do as much fun stuff as we possibly can. But I do miss out, I think, on the everyday stuff. So I don't get to know their friends as much. I don't get to know, you know, like the things that are just going on day to day. Like I don't know their teachers' names or even sometimes where their schools at. (laughs) You know, I mean, they'll point it out. They'll be like, that's my school. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Now I know where it is. I have a visual. So I feel like that's kind of a disconnect that I wish I had And I would hope to have if I lived closer to be more of a daily part of their lives, almost so that they could, you know, take me for granted. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas now I think that they don't. I do think that I love that, you know, I try to be really careful. And when I send presents for Valentine's Day or send presents for Christmas, I always make the boxes separate so that they each get, you know, something to open that's theirs. I try to be really thoughtful with all of my birthday gifts and. And not just sending money, although right now they probably, Silas would prefer that, but, you know, (laughs) trying to think about what they're doing and what they're working on and get them something that's unique to them while also being something fun that's different that they might not get just anywhere. So I think that those are some of the things that I try to do to stay a little bit more connected. Hopefully they don't think that I'm buying their affection, but I do think that it's easier with gifts sometimes to get them you know, if you send a gift, there's automatically they call and say, thank you, or they send a little video. And then we can talk about the video and talk about the gifts. So it gives me something that's connected versus just being at their house. You know, sometimes I don't know if they're wearing a new shirt or if they got a new toy until being like, 
talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely uh, relate to your challenges since mine are in Illinois as well. But I think you're probably the better gift giver. I'm not so creative usually. <laughs> well, yours are also older. And I think that what, as they get older, it's really hard to be creative because yeah. the things that they want are like, just send me games, just send me this. <laughs> Just, just give me $20 so I can buy my own game. Um, you know, so when they're younger, it's so much more fun to buy them gifts because you can really, you can buy silly little things and they appreciate anything. But when they get older, you have to be more thoughtful. And that's hard. It really is. When you're not there on a day-to-day basis, being thoughtful is harder because you don't know what they're doing every day. Yeah. And then I worry, like, is this too young for them or (laughs) is this like not the cool thing anymore? (laughs) Yes. Or, you know, it was a cool thing when you bought it, but then like three weeks later, they're done. They're like, I'm not really interested in that anymore. You know, so definitely go through phases. And also I think with Silas, I have a hard time because I think a lot of the stuff that he asks for, he asks me for because he thinks I won't realize that it's too adult for him. Oh. <laughs> and so sometimes I'm like, nope, I'm not getting you that game. It's rated R or rated F. <laughs> He's like, no, no, really, it's okay. You know, or he'll say, you know, oh, I'm watching The Walking Dead. And I'm like, what? I should be watching The Walking Dead. But then we have something to talk about because both of us watch The Walking Dead. So it's nice. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, wait, is that age appropriate? And then I'm like, whatever, not my job. <laughs> Oh gosh! Then uh, your niece and nephew are about six years apart. So how do you find things that will entertain both of them? And how do you balance it? I think it is very, very hard to find things that will entertain both of them. Luckily, both our family um, has a long tradition of playing games. So card games and board games. So sometimes that works to keep them occupied. But I do find myself, I do try to spend, you know, one day with just Silas and one day with just Celine whenever I'm home, or at least a couple of hours where we just do something together. That's why kind of like the movies work because it is, it does get boring for him. He doesn't. The, the other thing is, you know, he's a boy and she's a girl. And so they have very different kind of perspectives of things they want to do. She wants to play hotel and travel and and, you know, she wants to pretend like she's in a, you know, tent and all of that kind of stuff. And he's like, eh, no, I don't want to do all that. He wants to play poker. So, you know, it's different. It's very different to try to, you know, to create that compromise. When I was home this last time, we played poker and she was the banker. So that worked out very, very well because she got to do counting. And she got to play with the chips and we still got to play poker. So I think that when we're all together, we do end up doing a lot of stuff that kind of skews a little bit younger. But I think at night, you know, we'll watch a movie all together and he's really good about he's okay to watch cartoons still. And he and I will talk about the artwork of the cartoon or the graphics behind the cartoon. And she's just interested in the story and the singing. So it helps a little bit. You know, I think sometimes I tried to keep him a little bit younger still. (laughs) I don't want him to grow up too bad Um, because I don't want to miss out on anything, but uh, he's getting pretty old pretty quickly. And what have you learned from your niece and nephew? I think the biggest thing I've learned from my niece and nephew, although sometimes I don't have it, is patience. I think as an aunt and not as a parent myself, I don't have a lot of people that I have to report to. 
Um, so I do a lot of stuff on my own. And when you have, you know, two pretty strong personalities, which they both have pretty strong personalities being like, we need to do this. We need to do this. And, and fighting over time. And you don't want them to ever feel slighted that you find yourself really having to come up with unique ways of splitting yourself into two. And it gives you a new perspective, I think, about being a parent. And it also gives you a perspective of the kids. I mean, I think that my niece is, she is a lot like her brother, even though I think she would not like me to say that. But I think Silas, he he's very specific in the things he likes to do. And he will just be like, nope, I only want to do this. He likes to do a couple of things and then he likes his little alone time. And she's getting to be more and more like that. She's also very, very bossy, which I love, which sounds awful, but I think that it's just, it shows that she really has a value to herself and what she wants to do and she'll fight for it. And I think sometimes, you know, that fighting is not good. And sometimes that fighting is good because it shows that she feels comfortable sticking up for herself, which I like. And Silas is good at that too. I think that he's such a strong kid and he's so smart. I love watching his brain work and like putting things together. And I think I've learned, you know, that you have to keep kids challenged in order to keep them moving forward because when he's bored, he's just trouble. But when he's challenged or when he has something to do that will keep his interest, we have so much fun together. I like how you're talking about her standing up for herself. Cause I think too, like with observing my youngest niece and we we're at this fair and, you know, she's standing in line and these kids were trying to like go around her and she just like stood her ground. And I was just like, so proud. Like, don't, yeah, don't let them go ahead of you. <laughs> right. Exactly. And still, you know, I think that they're both kind kids, you know, like I feel like Silas has a lot of really good friends and people like to be around him and he's silly and he has a good time. And you know, he's not a mean kid. And I think Celine is the same way. You know, when I ask her about her school, she can name like, oh, this is my best friend. No, this is my best friend, but this is my other best friend. And this is my other best friend. So I feel like they're both very gregarious. And and I think they get that a lot from, I mean, like, again, that's something that I think is passed down from family to family. You know, our family is very loud and fun and, and my aunts are very confident in who they are and they in what they want to do and they pass that on to me and we pass and I pass that on to them. I can definitely see that. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. If <laughs> 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 you have a lot of strong personalities in the room and all of us are cranky, I'm sure that my brother and my mother are both like, oh, you people are too much. <laughs> and what do you think they've learned from you? Um, I think that I definitely give them a unique outlook in that they really don't know that much about me. And so they think that I'm doing like these amazing things. And I think that that helps give them the ideas that they can do anything, which sounds kind of silly, but, you know, just by not being in St. Louis or by that, not living at home, they're like, well, where do you live? Well, how do you do this? Well, how do you do that? Like, Sometimes I think they don't really understand, you know, I mean, just like simple stuff where I have to go get my own groceries and make my own food kind of thing. <laughs> they think that it's, I'm just like such a unique, I don't have a family. I don't have kids. So they, 
I think I'm such a unique kind of idea to them sometimes that they're like, I don't understand how you fit, but I'm cool with it. Cause you buy me, cause you buy me stuff. <laughs> but, um, in general, you know, I think that they like, they ask me a lot of questions when I travel. So I think I hope to give them the travel bug and encourage them to think outside the box with, when they're talking about travel and going places. So I send them a lot of stuff that has to do with maps and where are you in the world and where are you in the U S I think that, you know, both of them, again, our family is big on learning and they are big on learning. And my sister-in-law, my brother do a good job in keeping them on task and wanting them to go to school and encouraging that school is important. And I think that they see me doing that too, you know, like working really hard, being a hard worker, I think is important, but um, I hope that they've learned that from me. I think that sometimes they learn, you know, oh, you can get away with stuff a little bit easier when you're from out of town. Um, Stuff too, you know, like, oh, why don't we do this instead? Ooh, well, Holly's here, so we need to. So that's (laughs) kind of fun um, to be a little bit, you know, to have a little bit of mischief in you. Right. (laughs) Sounds like you inspire them so much. I hope so. I think sometimes, you know, yes, you know, when I talk to them on the phone, they inspire me too in that they ask good questions and they are always eager to share everything that's going on with them. And so I try to do the same. I mean, I try to tell them about all of the fun things that I'm doing and the things that you can do and the things that, you know, will make life easier for you if you do it that way. And do you see yourself in your niece and nephew? A little bit. I, like I said, I think that they both have the gift of gab, (laughs) (laughs) which, you know, they're both talkers. They're not shy. They'll talk to anybody and they warm up to people quickly. One of my favorite memories, my mom told me that when she took Silas to a playground, he was like, oh, my friends are here. And she goes, oh, you know, these kids. And he's like, not yet. You know, I think <laughs> that Silas and Celine are both very much still like that. You know, they'll talk to any of the kids on the playground and they try to, you know, make friends. I think they're both very caring you know, they, they have animals and they treat their animals so well and they love taking care of their animals, not necessarily of each other too often, but I think that that's just an age thing right now. You know, I think that they're both, they both worry about their mom and worry about their dad. You know, they ask a lot of questions about my mom and Gigi and their grandparents. And so they both have really good hearts, which I love. Yeah. Well, they definitely sound a lot like you. So Yay, thank you. I try. <laughs> and do you have any other advice that you would like to share with other aunts? I think, like I said, I do try to do something special, like create some kind of special moment with them based on things they like to do with their personality. And that um, is something that my aunts taught me how to do. And I... I think that that helps, you know, it gives us something to talk about, even when there's nothing to talk about and it gives us something to plan so that when I go home, it's not, you know, we don't have to do everything that's typical. Um, so I would say wherever you're going to visit, you know, be a tourist, like find something unique that's kind of outside the box and try to encourage that, you know, take your niece and nephew to do that, those kind of things, you know. I don't force them to like what I like and they don't force me to like what they like, but I still listen and we'll talk to them and be like, Ooh, I don't want to watch the walking dead. It's too zombie. It's too many killing. And then he tells me all of the story and I'm like, well, that sounds like a really interesting story. So I think, (laughs) 
you know, by being positive about everything that they do or trying to, you know, I mean, obviously don't be positive if they're doing bad things, but by trying to be positive about everything that they're doing, that they enjoy doing, you create a nice connection and a nice memory for them. You know, you want to make sure that, you know, you're creating those good memories. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your great advice and stories. You're an amazing aunt. Thank you. I do love being an aunt, so it's good. Thank you for listening to Anecdotes. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episodes and also join us on our Facebook group to talk with other aunts. You can join that group at facebook.com slash groups slash anecdotes. That's spelled A-U-N-T-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, email me at anecdotes at gmail.com.